not all of the voices in our lives carry the same weight, nor should they. The voice of my bride, of Kara, who's back there with the kids, her voice carries more weight than any other human voice. Her input, her perspective, means more to me than any other human voice. The voice of Tyron Daniel, who leads the apostolic prophetic team that we as a church, that we partner with to to strengthen local churches and to advance the kingdom of God, Tyron's voice carries more weight, more value, more influence in my life than most other voices. Al Keach is our former pastor, and he's on our board of advisors, and he's a friend. He's a brother. His voice carries more weight than most people. Andy Smith, Chris Herman, the men that that I link arms with on this pastoral team, and we said yes to doing this work of the Lord in shepherding and pastoring, their voice carries more weight and more influence with me than the average voice, as it should be. There's a lot of voices in our life, and they do not all carry the same weight. I read lots of good books, but, but the voice of that author doesn't carry the same weight as the Bible. That book is not on par with the Bible. I listen to a lot of great podcasts, but the, the person who's speaking that podcast, that, that voice does not carry the importance as when I'm spending time in the Word of God and the Lord speaks to me or when the Holy Spirit just makes something come alive. We can't give equal importance to every voice in our life. Just speaking candidly, I'll make sure I'm smiling as I say this so that it, so I don't come across as like too intense because I can be too intense. As the lead pastor of this church, my voice should carry a substantial weight in your lives. The voices of of our pastoral team should carry more weight in your lives than those of other voices. It should be influential. I'll say this, and, and once again, I'm smiling. If it doesn't, and you call this place home, and, and you don't give the pastoral voices a place of importance and influence and weight and value, then, then you probably should find another church. You should probably find another pastoral team and a pastoral voice that you can trust and that you can honor in that way. And if you do give it weight, then understand, just because we're buddies, because I'm a relational dude, I don't, I don't stay away from the church. Some pastors don't interact with the people in their church, and that boggles my mind. I don't understand that at all. But that ain't, that ain't me and that ain't us. So just because I'm your buddy, let's not get that mixed, that God has also put a responsibility upon, upon me and our pastoral team to point you to Christ week in and week out. Now, your responsibility is to line up what we're saying with what? With the Word of God. If I'm quoting John Wooden up here instead of quoting John, then, then come to me after the service and be like, that sounded a lot like Yoda. I don't think that was Elijah. I'm pretty sure you quoted Yoda and said it was Elijah. It wasn't. 
we are currently in a series called Voices. And in this series, we're talking about the voices that we're listening to, the voices that we're giving importance to. The first week of this series was preached three weeks ago. If you want to go to our website and click on the messages link, there's all of our messages that go back to all the way, I think, to November even. Um, you should go to impactrock.com, click on the messages link, and you can, you can hear all our messages, and you can hear the first message in this series. But we talked about the voice of God through the Word of God as the primary voice in our life. When you see it spelled out in Scripture, in the Word of God, that is your, that's your measuring stick against everything. What does the Word of God say? I don't care what society says. I don't care what media says. I don't care what a teacher says. And, and just the honest truth is, not every parent is a good and godly parent. So I'll even say, if what parents say, it, it's not lining up with the Word of God, as followers of Christ... We measure everything against the truth of the Word of God. And here's what's beautiful. Jesus raved about the Holy Spirit before he left. And he said, it's better that I go away because the Holy Spirit's going to make everything come alive. He's going to remind you of everything I've said, everything I've done. It's better that I go away. Trust me. He's awesome. And the Holy Spirit is awesome. So when we spend, if you ever need to hear from the Lord, open up the Word. I, I tend to, if I need to hear from the Lord, I'm opening up the New Testament and I'll just say, Lord, speak to me through this. Lord, I'm, I, I feel drawn to Galatians. And so, Lord, would you just make this come alive and speak to me through this? Go beyond the, the letters on the page, and I'm listening as I spend time in your word. And then I'll read, and then I'll pause, and I'll listen. Lord, I think you just put on my heart to uh, pray for Vicky. So, Lord, I'm just going to pause right now. Lord, I just lift up my sister, and, and I pray. I go, okay, that was good. Lord, whether that was you or not, that was good. I don't go back to reading. But the voice of the Word of God should be our primary. Please turn in your Bibles or your Bible apps to Ephesians chapter 4. I want to read, uh, I want to read verse 8 and then I'm going to hop down to verse 11. Ephesians 4, 8. Therefore it says, When he ascended on high... He led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. So Jesus gives gifts to us, verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints. Who are the saints? We're the saints. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Who's the saints? We're the saints. All of us. We're the saints to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. Isn't that awesome? When we as a pastoral team, when we invite one of these uh, Ephesians 4 gifts to come in, 
and minister, that voice carries weight and value and influence in our lives and in the life of the church. We as a pastoral team, when we invite someone to come in, as we did two weeks ago, when Marlon and Charlotte Bender came in, and they're on the eldership team of Radiance Church in Commerce City, but they're also on the New Covenant Ministries International um, translocal team, and, and they're constantly ministering to other churches and building up other churches and going to different regions. And when we invite them in, it's not just for a preach. It's not just to say, fill the pulpit for a week. It's because we, we trust that God's going to give them something substantial and relevant for us as a church. And we treat it as such. So I don't know if you guys have picked up on this pattern or not. But when we bring in a gift, you know, an apostolic gift and ask them to share, or you know, a prophetic gift and ask them to just come and minister, or an evangelistic gift, when we invite someone in, we don't just skip it and go, oh, that was good, next week, on to something new. We, we take a week and we chew through and we digest through, and, and that's what we're doing today. Now, on, on the day that Marlon and Charlotte Bender were here, they both preached, and it was two incredibly passionate and authentic and genuine and loving and powerful words. Um, but what the Lord's put on our hearts to camp on was the word that Charlotte preached. And she preached a word called the power of presence. And that's what we're going to camp on today. And it goes along with this series of voices. Why? Because we, we give those, those Ephesians 4 gifts weight in our life. We give them importance. We're not flippant about them. We're not unintentional about them. We grab a hold and say, Lord, what is it you want to do to strengthen your church, to advance your church through this gift that you brought in? Does that make sense? There is power in presence. And God is ever-present. God's presence brings power, peace, and joy to the fullest measure. Psalm 1611 says this, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. When we read this scripture, we need to realize in your presence is fullness of joy, but in your presence is also fullness of what? Peace. In his presence is fullness of peace, right? Jesus spoke to the storm and said, peace be still. The waters were instantly stilled. The skies were instantly clear. Lord, in your presence is fullness of peace. In your presence is fullness of love, of grace, of mercy. In his presence is fullness. But for God's presence to have maximum impact, his people need to be present not disengaged. For God's presence to have maximum impact, his people need to be individually present in the process. I'm telling you right now, if we're not intentional about this, 
we can go week in and week out of coming into church and not attaining this. Because we can walk in and be so easily distracted and not be intentional about being present. Lord, I'm going to be present in this moment. I'm going to be present to experience all you have for me, but not just that. As a a member of the body of Christ, I'm going to be present so I can be used by you in however you want, because you're the boss, you're Lord. We're told in God's word to come before his presence with singing, to shout with joy, to serve the Lord with gladness, to give thanks and to be thankful at all times, to come boldly before him. Throughout the New Testament, we are encouraged to ask, to seek, to knock, to serve, to pray, to submit, and to repent. And these are not passive words. These are words of action. These are words of intentionality. Our walk with Jesus requires active response to his voice. And there's nowhere that we can hear and see his voice more clearly than in the Bible. You guys, if we need to pray, I love what Charlotte said. She's like, if you need to pray, pray. Don't talk about praying. Oh, we need to pray for so-and-so. If you need to pray for somebody, pray and do it right then and there. When we were in Mexico, we're on the beach. We were on the beach in Mexico, and we get word that Brandon, who's Cadence's boyfriend, that he, that he had a, an accident, and it was kind of troubling, and it was a matter with his heart. And I'm telling you right then and there, as Cadence got done reading whatever it is she read to us and told us this, on the beach right there, we stopped and prayed for him, and then I recorded a prayer and sent it to him, or I sent it to Cadence and said, please send this to Brandon because I wanted him to be prayed over in that moment. I didn't just say, oh, we got we got to pray over Brandon. No, I did say we got to pray over Brandon, but then we did it. Right then and there. We don't just say we got to pray over somebody. We do it right then and there. I don't care where we are. Grocery store, restaurant, home. I mean, like, be respectful about it. Like, you know, I mean, use good timing and whatnot, but man, I'll pray anywhere. And I found that if I don't stop and pray right there, I'm less likely to pray later. If we need to pray, we do it right then and there. Ask. Seek. Pray. Serve with gladness. Repent. Love that word. Submit. Love that word when we realize that who we're submitting to is a perfect God, is a loving and an awesome God. Our faith and our walk with Jesus is a living sacrifice, not a dead one. It's to be a living sacrifice. We are to be active. There's to be action with our faith. Life equals action and presence. Death equals passivity and disengagement. We're called to an active co-laboring 
with God that he has called us to. This isn't some passive existence that we live. This isn't some passive, passive life. When we come into this place, it's not meant to be a passive ritual. It's meant to be active and living, co-laboring. If we come in and we only ask, Lord, just touch me and feel me today. That's good. That part's good, but it's not complete. There also has to be, and Lord, use me how you will. Despite my levels of discomfort, if you want to use me to pray for someone, to hug somebody, to smile at somebody, to greet somebody, I'll do whatever you want, Lord. I want to represent you. There's no room for passivity in this faith. There's really not. And God designed it that way. We are serving a God who wants our participation in his process. God loves you. God's chosen you. He knows you. He knows your strengths. He knows your flaws. And he wants your presence in his presence. He wants your presence in his presence. Whether we, we find our strength. We find our peace. We realize we're not operating on our own anything. When we realize wonderfully that he's the strong one in this relationship, you might be strong. You probably are strong. You've got strengths. But you ain't the strong one in this relationship. He's the strong one. Right? I don't care how strong we are. He's the strong one in this relationship. God needs our presence in this process. Why? God needs us. Why? Because he chose it. He planned it that way. Our incredible God chose to need us. Chose to to co-labor with us. He chose it. That's his plan. There's something powerful, you guys, about someone who's activated to do the work of the Lord, who's, who's activated in the presence and the power of God and says, Lord, I, I want to be engaged. And then vulnerable enough to say, help me. Lord, I want to be attentive, so help me. It's not my strength, it's yours. Lord, I want to be locked in. Will you help me? There's something awesome about the power of his presence in his followers who believe, say they are actively present. I'll say that again. There's something awesome about the power of his presence in his followers who believe, so they are actively present. Because if we believe, if we believe, then we can't just sit there and do nothing. If we believe that Jesus is who he says he is and that we are truly alive because of him, then we can't sit there and do nothing. I got to pray. I got to encourage. I got to gather. I got to invite. I got to welcome. I got to declare. I got to preach. I got to pray. I have to lay hands on people even if I don't know if they're going to get healed. But I know that my Jesus can heal them. So in the chance that he does, I'm praying for him. And if they're not healed on the spot, I don't take it personally. 
Because I'm not a healer. I'm a follower. And I follow the one who's the healer. You guys, we minimize the impact of our active presence with God. It matters. Us being here right now matters. Us worshiping the Lord together, it matters. Us being together, this togetherness matters. The fact that you didn't stay at home, but you came today and we're together, it matters. We're stronger because of it. Endless possibilities when we get together. Endless possibilities of the ways that we can grow together and the ways that we can point each other to Christ. Endless possibilities when we're together. It's powerful. Matthew 18, 20. Jesus says this, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. I'd like to take this moment to say, I I like it much better when it's more than two or three. So please come every week. Or most weeks, not every week. Sometimes you're in Mexico. Or elsewhere. So Charlotte said this in her message, and I'm going to quote it. So this is that first quote I have. She said this, and it's so profound. She said, yes, I have a personal, individual relationship with God. Yes, I go to him personally. Yes, I hear from God, and he speaks to me personally. But that speaking to me doesn't really get fleshed out until we come together. There's something supernatural that happens when we gather together. I heard that and I'm like, man, that's, that's profound, that's powerful, and it's true. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says this, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and to good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day, the day of the Lord's return, drawing near. Even if it's a super casual gathering. Friday night at my house, dude's coming over, sitting around the, uh, the gas fire pit in the garage as it rains. Well, super casual. But we were present together, and there's power in that. There's nothing relaxed or indifferent about the power that we experience in the engaging of God that takes place when we're together in his name. It's just powerful. And honestly, you guys, you don't have to understand it fully, and I certainly don't. But you've got to acknowledge when you, when you realize there is power in us being together. And I'll tell you, the easiest way to know that there's power in us being together is the enemy tries his best to keep us apart. He tries his best. I, I believe there's probably more spiritual attacks that come against folks on a, on a Sunday morning or a, or a late Saturday night than any other time throughout the week because the enemy does not want us here together, lifting up the name of Jesus together, being used together, encouraging one another, stirring up love with the, in each other. You don't want that, right? Right, Mark? Yeah, we can, this is interactive. This is interactive. 
Now, I, I, can, I, can, I can ask a question. You can be like, peace. I'm like, yes, there's fullness of peace in this presence. You're like, chocolate. I'm like, no, there's not fullness of chocolate, but peace is good. Some people come to church or to a church gathering and they're not present. And I'm just being honest with you, it's, I think it's easy to do. And I think far too often we underestimate the power of this worship service. So we clock out. Now we all have our favorite part of this worship service, and that's fine. That's great. From the minute I think that we walk through those doors, possibly even before we walk through those doors, we're in the worship service. When, we are, when we're greeting one another, is that not worship? When we're hugging one another, is that not worship? When we're discerning that, hey, you know, are you okay? And then we pray for one another long before anything happens in here, is that not worship? When we sing and we play and, and we allow the, the gifts of the Spirit to be used in us, like, like Christine did today, and, and speaking prophetically and, and sharing, is that not worship? When I'm declaring the goodness of Jesus through the Word, or Andy, or whoever else, is that not worship? It's all worship. But we underestimate worship, and I think here's why. We, we choose our favorite parts of the service. We're like, eh, I ain't much of a worship guy. I can honestly do without the music. So I check my email because uh, the Lord loves a working man. And, uh, and Idle Hands is the devil's workshop. I think that's in second mark. Um, so I check email during worship, but man, I'm all about the preach. Then you got others that are like, oh, I stay for the preach because I don't want to offend anybody. But I, I really come just for the worship and I could leave after that. I experienced God and I could just go after that. Or someone like, coffee, you got free coffee. You had me at coffee. There's different things that we favor. There's different things that we love. But here's the thing. We better appreciate and recognize all these elements are worship. All these elements we've got to be present in. You, we can't clock out for any of them. You can't. I don't care if you're not like a worshiping, and I say dude, because I, I usually find this to be a problem with dudes. I don't care if you're not a worshiping dude. He's worthy of worship. Be present in that moment. And... And worship him. You don't got to be like a worship nut like maybe I am. I mean, you don't got to shoot your hands high in the air, but it's pretty great when you do. It's awesome. Try it sometime. But you got to be present. You can, we can't be disengaged. This is not the moment to clock out and say, I worship the Lord, so uh, I, get my, I get the word when I'm alone with God. No, that is dishonoring to God. We're to be present the entire time that we are here. As followers of Christ, are we followers of Christ? Is it, he's always leading. First Peter 2, 3-5, we read this. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good, as you come to Jesus him, himself, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, like Jesus, our living stone, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. When we come into this place and we are present and not detached, we will experience his presence in such a way 
that goes beyond just mere feelings, which I love feeling the presence of God. But I, I just need you to know whether you feel the presence of the Lord at that moment or not, he's here. There's just a lot of distractions at times that prevent us from that feeling aspect. But whether we feel it or not, he's here. We can experience him beyond our feelings. And our faith demands that. But we got to be present. Men, be present. Men, when you step in this place, set work aside. Set finances aside. Set whatever responsibilities have to be done later in the day aside. Be engaged. Be engaged with God together. Let's do it together. As we gather, as we're in this place, ladies, set your children aside. Set solving the world's problems aside for a moment or solving your household's problems aside. Set it aside and attach yourself to God's presence. Just be present with him and just be present with one another. Teens, children, young adults, I'm talking to you. Almost all, almost all, Almost all the adults are here because they want to be here. Almost all. But maybe your parents forced you to be here. So maybe you're not entirely here because you want to be here. And if that's the case, young people, you've got to push past the distractions of self. You've got to push past pride or possibly a bad attitude. And you've got to say, Jesus, I need your help to be present. You know I I don't really want to be here, but mom made me come. Dad made me come. So help me get past these things so I can be present with you. Did I I miss anybody? Covered men, covered women, covered teens, children, young people, puppies? No puppies here. We need that puppy day. You guys, we got to push past the distractions. And it's not just about experiencing God for ourselves. And I'll say this again, and I'll say this again, and I'll say this again. We are to touch one another. When we bring in a gift, it says that those gifts were given to us to grow us up. To grow us up. To bring us to maturity which tells me that we're we're a little immature at times and we're in need of growth. It's hard for a kid to push past discomfort. It's hard for a little tiny kid to push past pain. I want you to do jumping jacks for 20 minutes. And the kid after two minutes is like, ah, I can't do it. But now as, as adults... As young people, we can do it because we start thinking of whatever it is that motivates us. I'm doing jumping jacks next to Caleb right now and I don't want him to do more jumping jacks than me. So I'm going to push on. That sucker ain't going to be me. Whatever. Whatever. He ain't going to be me. 
right here. I'll be like dying. I'll be doing Jebediah like this. Like, okay, I'm still doing it. What do we have to push past so that we're engaged in this moment, so that we're present with the Lord? When we are present, when we are together, in the midst of this togetherness with him, God adjusts you. He changes you. He adjusts me. He changes me. We're all in need of adjustments. We're all in need of changes. We're all in need of the perfect artist to sculpt and mold and pinch away and add to and throw us back on that, that potter's wheel. We're in need of it. I'm not a finished, completed vessel, and neither are you. We are in need of change and adjustment and growth. And in this place of being locked in and present with God, he adjusts us. He changes us because he's good. In this place of togetherness and being present and locked in, we're reminded of how good God is in the most amazing ways. The most amazing ways. You're used in the most amazing ways and you don't even know it. Someone could look to their left or the right. Let's just exclude platform right now. Okay, let's exclude exclude excuse me, worship team or musicians or whoever's preaching, let's exclude them. Just by looking around to one another, we're encouraged and pointed to Jesus by one another. I, I, I've gone to church with Don and Elaine, who are deacons here. I've gone to church with them for a long, long time, for decades. At our previous church, we were together. Every time, and there's times during worship, I'll open my eyes, I want to see. And when I see Elaine signing as she worships, I am drawn closer to the Lord. I'm strengthened. I'm encouraged. It brings me joy. When I see little Avery up here bouncing, knowing that she's worshiping in that little bounce, that little groove she was doing, she's worshiping. That brought me closer to the Lord. When we are in God's presence, strength exists, fullness of strength for us and for others, and there's more than enough. Do not underestimate the power of your presence in this place. God will use it all. Don't underestimate the power of your smile. of your worship, of your greeting, of your handshake, of your hug, of your interaction with the little ones. How many of you guys, and I want, you to, I want you to raise your hands, how many of you guys every week when we call the kids and the young people up here and we pray for everyone, raise your hand if that, that draws you closer to the Lord, just seeing that act taking place. I see young people raising their hand. I see adults who, who are out there raising their hand. It draws us closer to the Lord. It's all worship. And we're present in that moment. Our active togetherness changes us. I know it changes me. Ephesians 2, 19 and through 21 says this. So then you are no longer strangers. You are no longer aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. 
built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. Christ is growing his church. Christ is building his church. We don't build his church. Inviting people to church is wonderful. We should all do that. Let me say that. Inviting people to church is wonderful and we should all do that. But that's not us building the church. We don't build the church. I don't build the church. You don't build the church. We are the church. Christ builds the church. And he fits us together wonderfully. Living stones coming together as a holy vessel, a holy building a holy house, being fit together. This building is not the temple. We are. This building, we don't call this building the sanctuary. He he lives here. This is a building. This is a worship center. But we are carriers of the presence of God no matter where we go. Jesus is the bridge between us and the Father. There was a chasm. There was sin and there was the Father and there was no way over. There was no way over. There was no means to the Father. There was no means to to His grace, His mercy, to forgiveness. There's a whole bunch of laws that no one could keep. But Jesus Himself obediently lived His life in obedience to the Father, laid down His life died, rose from the grave, and now he is the bridge between us and the Father. And we get to be in his presence any time we want because of the completed work of Jesus. Any time we want, straight to the presence. Together, we become the dwelling place of God. If you don't think you're important, you are wrong. You are important. You're important. I I think this could have gotten lost because it was in the middle of Charlotte's preach, but she shared a prophetic word toward the ends of her message. And if you weren't paying attention, we could have missed it. And I want to read it verbatim, what she said. This was a prophetic word. She said, I'm hearing the king and the call is coming out for his saints, called by his name, to begin to gather together again, begin to come together again, begin to stand together again, to begin to engage as a co-laborer with Christ again, to be empowered and activated by him, because our presence is being summoned by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. This is what God is saying. Come, engage, ask, pray, seek, engage again. Isn't that awesome? Once again, our messages are, go to our websites, it'll take you to our YouTube page. Listen to this again. God directs our lives. And we got to flow with Him as we engage with Him, as we make ourselves present in His presence.
Charlotte made this statement and it absolutely floored me. I chewed on it for about seven or eight minutes. Just chewed on it. I'm like, okay, okay. I want to share it. She said, 90% of walking with God is showing up. 90% of God is, is showing up. Showing up in the morning before our feet hit the ground saying, Jesus, I give you my day. And I make myself available to you. What do you want to do? I want to be used by you. So, Lord, I make myself available to you before our feet hit the ground, before we've had the first cup of coffee. Showing up here on Sundays, showing up when we gather to pray, showing up for just random times of togetherness when we can be together, showing up for youth events, showing up. word that was. It's just showing up. Show up. Show up, not shut up. Show up. Show up. Be present. Be engaged. We need adjustments. We need growth. We need healing. We need to be changed by our brilliant perfect, thoughtful, loving God. I need it. You need it. The devil doesn't want it. He doesn't want us changed. He doesn't want us to have that adjustment. He wants us walking around with pain and hurt and resentment and unforgiveness. He doesn't want us adjusted. He doesn't want us changed. So who's going to win? Who gets their way? God or Satan? we're present, when we're engaged with God, He gets His way. Friends, depression and anxiety, they're at epic highs. Epic highs. So I'm just letting you know, God's adjustments are needed by each and every one of us. So for those of you who are present right now, in this place right now, please hear me. God wants you to help those others that are on their way. God wants you to help others that are coming, to be used, to be available, to offer friendship, to say, I've always got room for one more friend. I've always got room for one more brother. I've always got room for one more sister. I've always got room for one more person to link arms with who will point me to Christ and I'll do the same. God wants to use you to help those who are on their way. But he can't use you if you won't be present. He can't. Because when we're present, then it's about him. And when we're not present in him, it's some sort of a dead work. It's just our efforts. It's a dead work. It's got to be Him. In Him, through Him. If you see yourself as a leader, in any context, a leader in your home, a leader at your school, a leader in your neighborhood, a leader in your church, a leader in the workplace, then please hear me. God can't use you if you aren't present in those environments. 
presence with him, present in what he is doing, and present in how he wants to use you. Show up, be present, and be used by God. Do you want to be present with the hurting people that are on their way? Do you want to be present for the hurting young people that are on their way? Do you want to be present and be used by God? Do do not underestimate the power of your presence. You and me are requested by the King to be engaged with Him and to co-labor with Him. Let's say yes. Let's be present. Let's be filled. And let's be used. Let's pray. Lord, you're so good. Holy Spirit, I ask you right now to seal upon our hearts, seal upon our heart what it is that you are speaking to each person. And you're, you're awesome enough to do exactly that. To speak something unique and personal and non-generic to every one of us. So Lord, now we must reply. We must take it to heart. We must listen and we must obey. And we must trust you. Lord, you know our flaws. And so we say right now, Lord, there's times that we're not real good at this. There's times we're easily distracted. There's times we're not locked in. And there's times we're not present. So we ask you, Father, would you help us? Would you help us in this? Would you grow us? Mature us? Would you bring us to unity? Would you fill us up and heal us and would you use us to touch others with your power? With every eye closed right now, I'm just going to make this short and sweet. If you don't know Jesus, if you don't have a relationship with him, if you've been doing it on your own and not through his grace and forgiveness and mercy, I just want to ask you, are you ready to give your life to Christ? Are you ready to fully trust in him, even though you don't have all the answers, and even though it's a journey and we're constantly growing? Are you willing to say, Lord, I give you my life. I give you my past. I give you my future. And I just want to be changed by you, by you. I want to be saved by your work. With all eyes closed, if there's anyone here that wants to trust their life in Jesus today and you've never done that would you just raise your hand would you lock eyes with me would you make it obvious because we're going to pray together we'll get you a bible we'll link arms with you and we'll walk together is there anyone Lord, I thank you for every person in this place. I thank you for every family in this place, every marriage in this place, every individual. Lord, I just pray your blessing, your faithfulness, your joy, your laughter, your peace, your healing over each one of us. Lord, we thank you that you are ever present, always present. We just give you thanks. 
Jesus' name. Amen.